Shalom. Welcome to Parsha Perusal. This is Pastor Sam from Northern California, and it's great to be with you today. We are nearing the end of the Torah portion schedule for the year, the Parsha for the year, and today we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy 31.1 through Deuteronomy 31.31. And the Torah portion, the Parsha that we're looking at, is Vayelech, and it's basically uh, Moses giving some of his final instructions to the people of Israel and to Joshua. Uh, it's kind of a sad portion in a, in a way, but it's also an exciting portion. Um, so it, this portion is actually at least the first part, the part we're going to be looking at, which is Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 8 is actually the passing of the baton or the torch or whatever you want to call it um, the leadership from uh, moshe from moses to yehoshua joshua and um, you know it's a very important aspect it's talking about generations uh, moses had led them out of egypt he had led them through the wilderness he had done exactly what god told him to do um, however, he is not going to be able to lead them into the promised land, into uh, Canaan. Uh, that is reserved for Joshua. Uh, part of the reason for this is that Moses uh, did not listen to God's instructions and follow them uh, completely uh, when uh, he was told the second time, because the first time, uh, when the children of Israel ran out of water, God told him to strike a rock. There was a rock, it says in Scripture. Uh, actually, in the New Testament, it mentions this, but it also talks in the Talmud about a rock that actually followed Israel around through the desert. And Moses was told to strike that rock and that it would bring forth water the first time. The second time, uh, referring to the same rock, he was told to speak to the rock and it would bring forth water. But instead, in anger and frustration with the people, he struck the rock and kind of uh, put himself in the same place with God because uh, he said, how long will we have to put up with you, basically, putting himself at, with God against the people. And God, God basically said, uh, no, Moses, there's no we here. Uh, I'm. We're not... You know, it's not you and me against the world. Uh, you need to be following my instructions. And Moses, in a sense, well, he angered God by what he did. And for that, God told him, you will not go into the promised land. Uh, sounds a bit petty if you're looking at it from the outside, but not at all. I mean, God had given him very clear instructions. And if we understand the rock as being representative of the Messiah... Well, he was told to strike the Messiah the first time. The second time, he was just supposed to speak to the rock, and it would bring forth water. Uh, very important, uh, later on in the uh, Brit Hadashah, in the New Covenant, um, Paul refers to, in Corinthians chapter 10, he refers to that rock as Christ, uh, that rock that followed them in the desert. Uh, so anyways, so, so Moses is told by God that he is not going to be able to go into the land. It's a very hard time for Moses. He gets to see the land, but not bring the people in. 
and yet at the same time he still has responsibility and part of his responsibility is to pass on the instructions to the people but also to the next leadership which is going to be Joshua and to commend Joshua in front of the people to basically recognize Joshua as their leader so that the people will now from now on see Joshua Yehoshua as their leader uh, you know just it, it, it's something that I think is probably very hard to do and yet it is something that is very necessary uh, many times you see it today where you have from one generation to the next you have leadership that is unwilling to let go of the power and maybe it's not always about power they've just really enjoyed what they did and uh, so they don't train anybody they like to be the guy that everybody comes to and they don't take the time to uh, train anybody to be the next leader uh, the next leader is not going to do it exactly how the old leadership did it. They, they have their own personality. They also have a whole new set of issues to deal with. Um, notice, for instance, um, Moses as a leader, he had to be a leader who could uh, stand up against Pharaoh when the people were under oppression, they were under slavery. He had to be a strong leader to stand against that kind of um, king, uh, which Pharaoh was, and he had to be very persistent in his faith and then have a lot of confidence and hope, of course his confidence was in God, um, to get the people free. And then he had to still be very tenacious uh, and um, have a lot of faith to lead the people through the wilderness those 40 years. Uh, it was a different kind of leadership than what was required once the people moved into the promised land. Joshua had to be somebody, and I'm not saying Moses wasn't, but I think Moses became pretty organized. But when they first came out, they were just a bunch of slaves, right? Uh, they weren't, there wasn't a lot of organization. Uh, Moses was trying to deal with everything on its own, and Jethro, his, his um, father-in-law, came along and said, Hey, Moses, you need help. And that's when Jethro came and said, why don't you appoint godly men over, you know, thousands, over hundreds, over ten thousands, over thousands, over hundreds, over fifties, over smaller groups, and let them be judges under you, and then you'll be the main guy. And so anything that's too hard for those other judges to handle uh, can be brought to you. Very wise counsel. Basically, it was organizational counsel for leadership of the people. Well, now you have a transition in leadership. Main leadership is no longer going to be uh, Moses and these other judges, but it's going to be Joshua and these leaders that have been set up. Uh, Joshua is the one that God has chosen to lead the people into the promised land, but it's going to be different kinds of issues. In fact, Joshua is going to be their leader as they go in, but at some point, that leadership is going to change once again. Uh, Joshua was the first judge, so to speak, over all of Israel. Uh, there were other judges that were, that were going to follow him, which is why in the Tanakh you have Joshua, then you have the book of Judges, because there was these other judges that later on would follow him. But also you have leaders of tribes are going to become a lot more important once they get into the land. 
because you're not going to have all of Israel together traveling through the wilderness anymore. And so who the tribe appoints as their leader will play into a lot of what happens as we get later on into the book of Judges. But um, at this point today, and we're going to read through this passage, uh, it says here in Deuteronomy 31, 1, it says, Then Moses went and spoke these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. So this is his birthday, basically. 120 years old. Wow, that's a long, that's, that's a pretty, he's pretty old there. Older than, uh, I think there's only been one or two people in recent history that's reached uh, anywhere close to 120. I'm 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. In other words, I'm, I, I can't move around very well anymore. I can't get up and go wherever I feel like going. Um, also, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over this Jordan. So he doesn't share the whole story, but he says, the Lord told me, you're not going to go into Jordan. You're not going to cross over. You're not going to go into Canaan. You're not going to cross over the Jordan. The Lord your God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations from before you, and you shall dispossess them. Joshua himself crosses over before you, just as the Lord has said. So Moses here is saying, I won't be going with you, but the Lord will be going with you. That's a very important point that he's making. I'm not going to be able to go with you, but that doesn't mean the Lord's not with you. What he's trying to do there is make sure their confidence stays where it needs to be. And not only that, but the last, you, you've gotten to know this man, Joshua. Joshua, at this point, was probably close to 80 years old. So you've gotten to know Joshua as a leader. He's been working with me for a long time. Joshua himself will cross over before you, just as the Lord said. So he's continuing to, uh, con he's continuing to encourage Israel, even though he himself knows he won't go over. This is very, very important, that as God... Uh, as, as leadership transitions in, in a spiritual realm, in the, in, the, in the body of Messiah today, as, lead, as there are leadership transition going on, that we don't become uh, those of us who, are, um, are, who have led for a while and who are looking to the next generation to lead, that we are not bitter, that we're not angry, that we don't try to make them do everything the way we did it, that we give good advice, you know, I am very grateful that I received very good advice from uh, those that I would call fathers in the faith. They, they have been fathers to me. They have been mentors to me. Um, I have several in my life that I am just, I'm so grateful. Some have passed on. They've gone on to be with the Lord. And that has been very hard. It, it, it really was as if I lost a father uh, when I lost them. But, but they did a good job. In, in teaching me. They did a good job in demonstrating to me how it, what it means to trust the Lord, preparing me, preparing me for that day when I would be in leadership. And, and see, it's a process. It's a process that we go through in life. Obviously, we don't live forever. I'm not planning to live to be 120. That's for sure. So for me, even though I'm, I'm hopefully just kind of still in the middle of my life, uh, but for me, I'm already thinking about the next generation, the leadership of the next generation, and who we can pass on. It says in Scripture, looking for faithful men who you can 
pass all of the uh, experience or as much as possible. The experience you can't really pass on so much, but you can share about it. You can pass on instruction. You can pass on understanding of God's word to that next generation because that's the generation that's going to be leading. Moses had been given at least 40 years, maybe longer, to pass that information on to Joshua. And it was something very, very important. And Moses goes on to encourage the people here and he says, And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sihon and Og, the kings of the Amorites, and their land when he destroyed them. So he's like, don't worry, don't worry, you're going to go into this land. The Lord's going to go before you, Joshua's going to go before you, and God's going to do the same thing to them that he did to these other kingdoms that you've already defeated. You don't need to be fearful. The Lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment which I have commanded you. So you will be able to do everything I've commanded you to do. And then he says in verse 6 of Deuteronomy 31, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. So he's telling him right here, be strong, be strong, hazak, be strong, be strengthened, and of good courage. You know, you need to, you need to have courage. Yes, it's, it's not going to be necessarily easy, but have courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. You know, Israel had that time that, that, that they ended up having to stay another 40 years in the wilderness because of their fear. It was fear that kept them from going in the first time. And it was Joshua and Caleb that said, no, we can do it. We can take the land. That's where Joshua actually really became one of the leaders, was at that point. And so now, here they are faced again. They're, they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan. Moses isn't going to be able to go with them, but he's assuring them, the Lord will be with you, and Joshua will be with you. So do not fear. Be strong and of good courage. Do not, be, do not fear. Do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one, the one, capitalized, who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. What Moses is actually doing here also is he's passing on. He's saying, the Lord is with you. Just like the Lord has been with me, the Lord is now with you. You don't need to fear. You don't need to fear. The Lord, he is the one. He's the one that we should be giving all the glory. Moses was, I, I never wanted the glory for myself, but the people, you know how people are. You know how humans are. They like to find another human and give them the credit. And they also like to blame that human too. And, and Moses had a lot of credit and a lot of blame in his life. But the reality was that, and what he's telling them here is it's, no, it's never been me, guys. It's always been God. It's always been the Lord. And, and what an awesome, awesome statement he's making here. The Lord, he is the one that goes with you. And then Moses calls Joshua, and this is kind of the final part of this particular section, where Moses is now identifying Joshua as his successor, as the one who's going to carry on the leadership, as the one whose God has anointed. He's giving full, complete authority into Joshua's hands. So no longer is Joshua going to be the, the main guy under Moses. He is now the main guy under God. So before it was 
Moses was the main guy under God, and then you had Joshua, the main guy under Moses. But now it's going to be God and then Joshua. He's going to be the leader that they're going to be looking to. And so then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. You are going to be the one that God's going to work through so that they inherit the land that God has given them. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you, Joshua. You don't have to fear. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. That's what he's telling Joshua. And it's also by doing that, he's basically anointing Joshua to be that next leader. He is, he is, um, he is sending Joshua. He is anointing Joshua. He is ordaining Joshua as that next leader of the people. Uh, so this is just, this is a really awesome passage. It's a passage that uh, I think we, and those, those who are leaders in the church, need to be thinking about. Just as I have received an ordination from godly men, uh, many of those men are, you know, at least two or three of those men are men that I was talking about earlier who are like fathers and mentors to me, all of them really in some way. Um, but I also need to be thinking about the next generation and who is to be ordained in that next generation to carry on the truth of God's word, the gospel. Um, you know, that's one of the things I think in leadership as pastors, we need to be praying that God gives us Joshua's to train, to teach, you know, all the things that we have learned from the scriptures, all the things that we have learned from the Lord, all the things through the experience that we've had that we can pour into somebody else. I, as I said, I thank God for the ones that have done that with me, that have mentored me and have poured their experience and their knowledge and the things that they have learned in the life of ministry into me. Uh, it, it's just, it's really awesome that people willing to do that. Um, but we also need to remember that those that have been a long time in leadership, they need to be honored. They need to be seen as leaders. Now, we don't, we recognize where that came from. That came from the Lord. So we don't give them glory. The glory all goes to the Lord. But we do respect them and we thank them for their, their faithfulness to the Lord. You imagine how hard this must have been for Moses as he walked away from this meeting. Um, you know, how, how difficult it would be to, to make this transition. And yet, it is absolutely necessary. It will be necessary until the Lord returns. When he returns, we won't have to do this anymore, but it will be necessary until he returns because from generation to generation, his goodness, his mercy, his love, his authority, his righteousness, his justice, everything that we have learned in our life about God from his word needs to be passed on to that next generation. All right, well, thank you for joining me today. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I pray that we will be faithful stewards of your word, the word of God, faithful stewards of those things that we have uh, received from you, both uh, through your spirit and through your word, and that we will be faithful to pass it on to godly men and women who can carry on to the next generation what we have learned. Lord, that we will be faithful in this, that we will not 
uh, crave that authority or that power or that recognition or um, that, that we will not keep it to ourselves, but Lord, we will share and we will raise up those even before they become uh, maybe the, the main leaders in, in the church or in the congregation, that we will be able to raise them up um, by teaching and showing them and, and, and uh, Lord, being good examples of what it means to follow you and to trust you. Forgive us when we make, not only make mistakes, forgive us when we sin. Forgive us when we are presumptuous, like Moses was, Lord, he was presumptuous and it cost him going into the promised land. Lord, we don't want to do that. At the same time, Lord, we want to do your will. We want to do your will in every situation. So, Father, we just thank you for your love and your goodness, your mercy towards us. And we pray that you'll each person listening to this today, Lord, I pray they will be blessed in such an incredible way. As we prepare, Lord, we thank you for this new year that you've given us. Um, and the new year that is coming up. And also, Lord, as uh, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, that we will remember your atonement, Lord. And we thank you for everything that you have done. And we want to give you all the glory and all the praise. So, Father, just be with us today. And once again, we love you. Avino Macheno, our Father, our King. Amen. Yivarecha Kadonai Vayishmarecha Yair Adonai Panavelecha Vehunecha Yisa Adonai Panavelecha Liasem Lecha Shalom The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar HaShalom. In the name of Yeshua, our Messiah, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Have a great day. Shalom.